You know, that's such a tender moment. I'm not sure the sermon is uh, all that appropriate, but I got one. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, preaching after a wedding ceremony. You know, it's, it was, if you got one, you just got one. And, uh, and I appreciate so much Pastor Jeremy's uh, invitation to come uh, and help inaugurate this particular site. Um, I want to tell you again how much you mean to Northland as an entire congregation. Uh, those of you in Longwood, by the way, I know those of you in Longwood are, are, are suffering a little this morning. I heard that the air conditioning went out in the children's wing. So there are many children in worship this morning. <laughs> Ain't we got fun. And uh, so, and the, the, the Spanish interpreters, you know, the, her, her back went out, and so we're just going to pray for the gift of interpretation for the Holy Spirit uh, for you this morning. But I'm glad you're here because this is a congregation that really is setting the pace uh, in many ways for the distributed church as a whole. There's a, probably a larger percentage uh, of people in this congregation that are involved in distributed churches or personal churches than any other part of our church. Um, and so, uh, in many ways, they're leading us relationally. Um, and I cannot tell you what an honor it is uh, for many of us to be here this morning and, um, and, and just to be a part of this. Um, I, I love what you've done with the place. You know, <laughs> this, this wonderful building that will serve as a convening spot, but not as the center of the congregation. The center of the congregation, as Pastor Jeremy said, is you, is your relationships, is the Lord Jesus Christ and who we are in proximity to him, going toward him uh, together. So, so this is a wonderful day. This is a wonderful day. Um, so let me tell you what I have to say today uh, in the message. By the way, one of our former pastors, Orlando Rivera, is with us this morning. We're so glad that Pastor Rivera is here. He just, he's awesome. I want to talk to you about prayer. I've, I've been talking about how God has deposited in each of you, each of us, irreplaceable gifts and irreplaceable calling. You were knit together in your mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made. Your days were ordained when there was not yet as one of them. And so therefore... How he made you and why he made you like he did is not a mistake. It is fully intentional. What you've been through has a reason, a greater purpose. Why you're still here, that is, the mission God still has for you to walk out that is not capable of being done by anybody else, is remaining to be discovered. And as we discover all of that, Lord, why did you make me like you did? Why have I been through what I have? What is there yet you want me to do? We have to first be filled with the Holy Spirit on a repeated basis. Remember last week I said, the Bible says continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit because only spirit can see spirit. You can't see it in the flesh. The second thing, the main venue of being Continually filled with the Holy Spirit is having a life of prayer. Now watch. I said having a life of prayer. What I meant was 
having a life that is prayer. Let me tell you what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now what I just said to you is not possible with our present understanding of what rejoicing is, of what praying is, of what giving thanks is. Because our present understanding for most people is you rejoice in some circumstances. In others, you struggle. You pray when there's a reason to pray. At other times, you don't. You give thanks when there is something to give thanks for. Or you remember there is something to give thanks for. At other times, you don't. That's not what it, pray, what it says. And so therefore, in order to live that life, and that's exactly the life God wants you to have. It says there, for this is God's will for you, according to Christ Jesus. So we know this is the kind of life he wants for us all. What is necessary then? What is necessary is to pray to God that he will expand our understanding of prayer so that he expands our perspective on why we would rejoice every minute we live and why would we be thankful for everything we have, everything. There is a type of revelation from God that comes with the Spirit's communication of Scripture that opens up a whole new world. You see, if you could see right now what God sees, you would rejoice for everything in your life, for everything you've been through, for everything you have and everything you don't have, you would rejoice. If you could see as God sees, you would be giving thanks for everything you have and everything you don't have. And you would not confine your praying simply to the words that you can remember on occasion or the times that demand you go to God. There was a time after the resurrection where Jesus joined in walking with his disciples on the road to Emmaus. And the Bible says that at that time, their eyes were prevented from seeing him. We all are in a time when we are, our eyes are somewhat prevented from seeing where God is in our life right now, even though he's walking with us right now. And it says in scripture, Luke chapter 24, verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. And not, could he under, not only could they understand why they had just gone through what they had, why their Lord had been crucified, but they could see he was with them then. That's what he wants for you. We need, to ha we need to have an expanded perspective because it makes all the difference in the world. Probably about 25 years ago, I was out running. I've always been a runner. I still am. 
And I was out running, and the only time this particular day I could run was in the middle of the day, which is really stupid in Florida. I mean, it's the hot, humid, awful time of day. But it's the only time I had a gap in my schedule that day. And so I was out running, and I can't remember what mile it was that I started coming back into my neighborhood over near Lake Orienta. And, 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 and I was in a bad mood. I mean, you know when you're just gassing? You just have kind of a low view of humanity and the world. And so I was in a bad mood anyhow. So I'm, I'm running up through this neighborhood, and I see a guy out kind of working in the yard. Only, I got to tell you, this spirit, this critical spirit just came upon me. Because he's just bending over. He's not even bending over from the waist down. He's in a chair. He's in one of those little chairs. You know those little chairs that you take to the beach and just don't just, just, just sit real low? He's in a chair in the shade working in his... Boy, I want to tell you everything I had. Wanted to just shout that, that guy, you are a lazy bum. I cannot believe you're in a chair. You are the lazy... But I didn't because I'm a pastor. He lived in my neighborhood, didn't want to give Jesus a bad reputation. And I ran past him. And I just had to turn and give one more look of disdain. And as I turned back, I saw he didn't have any legs. The reason he was in a chair is because that's the only way he could work. Do you know what happened in my mind in that moment? He turned from a lazy bum to a hero. Because he wasn't being a victim. He was still trying to improve God's world, no matter what his disability was. Do you understand what just a difference in perspective can do? If all you listen to is the news, you're depressed out of your mind half your life. But God has a different perspective. And God wants you to have his perspective. Now, how do you do that? Well, first of all, we have to reinstitute in our lives. And I say reinstitute because some of us started like this. But it kind of fades with time. A regular time of prayer. One we will not meet, miss. One, one that is a, not occasional as the circumstances call for it, but a time when we will regularly go to God. You understand, that's how the church was built, right? In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, this is what it says. This is the beginning of the church. This is how the church was built. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to... Now, in, in the Greek, there's an article here, or an understood article. The prayers. Do you know what the prayers were? There were certain times of the day when a Jew would pray. It was their prayer time. There were several times during the day when that would happen. As a matter of fact, it's referenced... In, in, in um, um, many places in the Bible, but let's start with um, Psalm 55. 
Psalm 55, um, starting with verse 16, says this. As for me, I shall call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon. Now I want you to remember, in the Jewish calendar, the day starts at night. They, it's a lunar calendar, so it starts at night. That's the beginning of the day. So the very beginning of the day, at night, there's a prayer time. In the morning, there's a prayer time. At noon, there's a prayer time. Those are just three of them. We'll see in the afternoon, there's a prayer time. But you're getting this pattern, aren't you? Unless you have a pattern of prayer in your life, chances are likely that you won't pray anytime but an emergency. A pattern of prayer. There's a pattern of prayer. Even in the spiritual giants where we thought, boy, these guys were just filled up with the spirit. They were prophets of God. Do you know why they were prophets of God? Do you know why they could sense the power of God? Because they had patterns of prayer. Listen to Daniel. It says in Daniel, remember when, when Daniel, when the king came out and he signed a document that everybody would not have to bow down and worship the king. And Daniel knew he couldn't do it. He could not do this. And so what did he do? It's, this is what it says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day. What are those? Those are the prayer times. Those are the prayer times. Praying and giving thanks before God as he had been doing previously. Let me show you another scripture. In Acts chapter 10, something big is happening at the beginning of the church. And nobody quite knows what it is. This is what it says in Acts chapter 10, starting with verse 1. Now there's a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. A devout man and one who feared God with all of his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, this is three o'clock in the afternoon, about the ninth hour of the day, what's the ninth hour of the day? It's a prayer time. It's a regular prayer time. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, what is it, Lord? Now, the scriptures proceed from there, and it says, he said to him, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now stop right there. I want you to, I want you to understand this. Most of us have an anemic and truncated view of prayer. That is, we pray and we look for, if we're wise, a response to that particular prayer. Because we think that's what God would have us pray for. And so therefore, we look for his answer to that particular prayer. Now, hear what I'm saying. Don't stop being specific in your prayer. Don't stop praying every time you feel God leads you to pray. That's not what this is about. What this is about is that all of those prayers are cumulative. They're not just periodic. They're not just 
particular, they're cumulative. What is a memorial? A memorial doesn't disappear. A memorial is there. A memorial gathers all of the memories, sets a foundation for the future because that, that's, those are what the foundation that has been laid for the future. Your prayers have gone up as a memorial. Your prayers and your giving, your alms, have gone up as a memorial to God. Your prayers are cumulative. Let me tell you just a little piece of the rest of the story. It says on the next day, what happened was the angel had Cornelius dispatch people to go collect Peter, to bring Peter to his household. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter knows nothing of this, but watch. Peter went up on his household, uh, on his housetop, about the sixth hour, noon, to pray. What is the sixth hour? A regular prayer time. Exactly. It's the punctuated, permanent, periodic prayer time. Now, the rest of the story is that Peter, of course, goes and the church is formed and it's wonderful. But I want you to see that this was not just a spontaneous work of the Spirit. These people were dedicated. And there are three reasons I want you, I want all of us to reinstitute in our lives or to institute, if we've never had it, regular prayer times that you will not miss. And even more valuable are regular prayer times together that you will not miss. The first is this. <clears throat> God's answers to our prayers are wiser than our prayers. God has much more for you than you could ever ask or think. And therefore, his answer to your prayers will be much more magnificent than your specific prayers. That's important to note because your prayers act not only as requests, but as leaven, as leaven. You know, there's a principle in Scripture, Matthew 13, 33, where Jesus talked about the woman who hid leaven in three bushels of meal until it was all leavened. You know, the same, th the same principle is true for a tithe. I've been teaching on the, on, on, on the spiritual blessings of, of giving. A tithe is not just about obeying God with the first 10%. A tithe is leaven. What God does with that is open up the windows of heaven. Because God has something much more magnificent for you than you think is going to come out of what you have put in there. The same thing is true with prayers. And therefore, what we pray, God has a much more magnificent answer. You remember, some of you who have studied church history know St. Augustine. Augustine was probably the greatest theologian in the history of the church. He was a brilliant man who loved God with all his heart, but he didn't start out like that. 
Before he became a Christian, he was a reprobate. This guy was a boogerhead. And he, and he loved his wine, and he loved his women, and he loved his parties, and he loved, I mean, and he knew that it was wrong. You know why? Because he had a Christian mother who prayed for him fervently. Her name was Monica. And when a mama prays, something happens. When a grandmother prays, give it up. <laughs> and here is this woman praying for her son. Her son knew he needed to give his life to God. He knew that someday he hoped to give his whole life to God. He used to pray, Lord, make me holy. But not yet. Because I get a little partying left to do. Anybody identify with that? You know, someday I'll, I, I'm going to get it really fully on with God, but not yet. So this, this one time he planned on going to Rome. Now, Rome was a pagan city. And his mother knew sending a pagan to a pagan city was not a good combination. And so she began to pray that he wouldn't go. And she was telling him, I'm praying that you won't go. As a matter of fact, I want you to come with me while I pray that you won't go. Well, when your mama says, come, you, you go. So he went with her. And she prayed fervently. And she prayed passionately. She prayed well into the night until she was so tired, she fell asleep. Guess what happened when she fell asleep? He went to Rome and met Christ. Later, Augustine would write in his confessions, God denied the request of my mother so that he could answer the desires of her heart. God has so much more for you than you're praying for. God has so much. Prayer is leaven. And the second principle I want you to understand is prayer is positioning. You see, when we're in prayer several times a day and we won't miss it, when we are consistent, what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in position. To hear God, putting ourselves in position to hear God. I, uh, I used to love to do weddings. I tell people this a lot, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated that I can't do them anymore. I'm, I, I'm on call, and I'm always, you know, I never know if I'm going to be in town, and so I just don't sign up for them anymore. But I miss them because I love to do them. And, and, uh, and I remember, you know, the, the, the rehearsal night, you know, uh, I remember um, the, the bride, the difference between brides and grooms right before they get, <laughs> get married. Brooms are kind of, grooms are kind of in shock. You know, go to the groom and, and you go, you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> you nervous? No. You go to the bride. What's happening? What, is everybody here? How many people are here? Did the flowers come? Is everything okay? I mean, she's she going through a thousand details. But they both are exactly alike when they start walking down the, the aisle. When the groom comes in and the bride's wife, neither of them remember what they were supposed to do or say. <laughs> neither of them. That's why you have the rehearsal. 
Not so that they will remember, but just so that they can get their bodies in the right place. That's the whole reason for a rehearsal. Because I just said, you know, when you start coming into that church, you won't remember a thing. You don't need to remember a thing. All you have to do is get close enough to hear my voice. And I'll talk you through it. Step by step, I'll talk you through it. Do you understand the principle of God? Just get in a position where you can hear his voice. And he'll talk you through it. You know, you forget. You, you, many times people have great ideas. Oh, I know what God wants of me now. And the next day they get up and go, well, what was I? I should have written that down. <laughs> should have written that. Great insight. I just had a great idea. What was that? I just... This is what it says in Scripture. It says in Isaiah, chapter, chapter 30, verse 21, your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, prayer is getting yourself in a position where you can hear God. People, when, when I ask people, do you, does, your prayer, does your prayer life change your life? Does your prayer life change the world? Most people would say, nah, I'm, not, I'm really not that good at prayer. I mean, two minutes into it, I don't, I'm out. I'm out of stuff, out of stuff to say. But do you understand? It's not what you say. It's that you're in position. You're before God. You've opened the lines of communication. And when that venue is open, he will speak to you. You will hear him more and more. You will hear that whisper more and more. But I got to tell you, and I got to tell you plainly, this only comes from practicing prayer. It doesn't come from emergency prayer. So many people pray in Christ and they go, I didn't hear anything from God. Well, God's not, you know, just on call for emergencies. God's, God's, God's the voice that is developed within us through a regular relationship. And you get a regular relationship by persistent, periodic prayer. And then one last thing. Not only is it important to understand the leaven of prayer and the position of prayer, but the fellowship of prayer. Absolutely important. I hope that we will all, this day, covenant with God. God, I'm going to have a regular prayer time with you. <clears throat> I'm going to have at least one time and hopefully several times a day where I mark out, I pray. I pray, and we'll have our prayer time. may only last a few minutes, but we're going to have our prayer time. I want you right now to picture when that could be for you. When it's a regular time, you could have that. Maybe not just once, maybe several times a day. I want you to picture a spot where, where, where in your life you could go for that. It's kind of like holy ground, you know? Some place consistent where if you miss it, you'll know you've missed it. 
a time and a place. But I don't want you to keep it just to you and God. I want you to include others. I want you to include this in some of the relationships you now have that don't have prayer as one of the features of that relationship. I want you to inaugurate. For those of you who get with other people, maybe, maybe once a week you get together. Maybe you could say to them, would it be okay with you if I just have a little time of prayer? If we just have a little time of prayer together when we get together? I want you to, I want you to inaugurate that. Because that, my friends, is a distributed church. This is the convening of the team. That's the game out there. All right? And so I, I want you to think about that. And let me tell you why this is so important to include other people. There's a, there's a, there's a group of people in East Africa that when they came to believe in Christ, the thing that they really latched on to was this personal relationship they had with God and the fact that they could pray with him personally. And so almost immediately, each one of them scoped out a place in the thicket that would be their prayer place. You know, kind of like, here's my prayer rug when it's made out of dirt. You know, here's the place where I go and I'm alone with God. And so every day they would go. And this happened so often. The path was so well used that there was no more grass eventually. Because they walked there every day, several times a day, just to be with God, just for a while, just so that they could have that relationship. Well, as it happens, and as it happened with most of us, you kind of get off the schedule every once in a while. Things come up, and you kind of break the pattern. And in this particular tribe, those who loved that person would come up to that person and they would simply say, brother, grass grows on your path. In other words, I can't help but notice there's grass growing on your path. We need that. We need to pray with others consistently because we will need to be called back into prayer by others with some regularity. And they do us a great favor when they say, brother, sister, there's grass on your path. And so here's the challenge, all right? Very practical. First of all, covenant with me today, with me today, to have a regular time of prayer. An additional covenant would be, I will have a regular place of prayer that is my holy ground, that is the place where we meet. And then the third, I will have people who I will start beginning this week to ask if I could pray with them once a week. If you will do that, you can go on to our website and we will send to you a prayer focus and a scripture and a thought every week. So you don't even have to create it. Because, because I know a lot of you go, I, I would do that, but I don't even know what to say. And, and we're asking you to do this for nine weeks. Because it takes about nine weeks to, to create a new pattern in your life. And so, and so asking you to do this for nine weeks.
Now, if you haven't got somebody in mind right away that you can ask, just sign on and do it by yourself or do it with your, 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 your spouse or your family or, or, or people you can't avoid you, <laughs> you know? But just an, initiate it. And we will send, and, and, a, and an added feature of this is you know that you're praying with all of Northland. We're a family. We're in this together. And I got to tell you, grass has grown on my path. And I need to have this kind of device to reinstitute in my life what was unmissable in the past. And so I want you with me to recovenant with God or to covenant for the first time. Would you stand and let me, let me pray this prayer for us. And then in this site, Pastor Jeremy will come up and dismiss us. Lord, thank you that you are calling us to pray. Your disciples said, teach us to pray. And so we ask you, Lord, to do exactly that. Teach us to pray. Not what to say, not how to get what we want. But teach us to pray consistently. In Jesus' name, amen.